Close the Loop is your marketing and sales podcast dedicated to growing your business and proving it along the way. Hosted by Kevin Deeney and joined by various guests and subject matter experts. No need to take notes. Just visit the show page on callsource.com to read the transcripts, watch the episodes, or get any links mentioned in the show. Hello, and welcome to the Close the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dini, and today we're going to be talking about making marketing analytics easier. <laughs> and when we say easier, right, are we talking like, oh, it's going to be done for you? It's going to be just, you know, one click away? I think we're really after helping you understand it better, helping you see the value easier, helping you just get a better understanding and more confidence in yourself about, yes, as a business leader, I think I can really take marketing analytics and do something about it that's going to help my company grow. (laughs) So to help us dive into that exciting topic, I have a really special guest with us today. His name is Scott Konopasik, and he is the CEO and founder of Mint Measure. Scott is a media planning, ad buying, and measurement guru. Scott has built and led digital media departments at Seas for over 10 years. So he's got a lot of experience here. He has worked with brands like the American Red Cross, Slack, Bumble, and Jenny Craig, some very big companies. Scott loves learning about almost anything, but particularly enjoys learning about ancient history. Scott moved to Utah during the pandemic, and he spends the winter skiing and the summers camping. So welcome, and thank you so much for coming on, Scott. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. So we'll go right into this. If you could, for the people who are like, what the heck is marketing analytics? (laughs) Can you... Maybe explain it like they're five, (laughs) Uh, what marketing analytics is and what it means for businesses, just in simple terms. So they know, okay, this is what we're going to be talking about a lot more. Yeah. Marketing analytics is about understanding all the different data points that are available to a marketer. And the end goal is to try and understand how did marketing drive sales for the business and how can I do things maybe a little bit different? Or can I learn from this? So there's certainly different levels to marketing analytics and the depth that you go. But all the analytics work that a marketer will do is going to be focused around what worked and how do I get better? Yeah, that's great. That's a good that's a good overview. And for businesses thinking, well, I've heard of this, but... That's a topic that makes me cringe, (laughs) right? So why is marketing analytics perceived as being such a difficult, maybe even cumbersome or annoying or like just just an emotionally charged thing for a business to figure out? Yeah. If we think about data in general, the amount of data that we have today is so much more than we've ever had in history. And even in the last 20 years, Most of the data in the history of planet Earth has been generated. And so, relatively speaking, data analysis is a very new skill. Being able to look at data sets, find connections, and then understand what that means is only something that we've had to do realistically since like 2008, 2010, at least in a marketing sense. Uh, 2012, when I was, uh, you know, my first years in my career, Facebook ads was like the newest, hottest thing. And so I remember sitting down with just a spreadsheet with hundreds of rows of data and trying to like, what am I supposed to do with this? And I think that most marketers feel that way, right? They look at whether it's 
their data inside of an ad platform like Google or Facebook, or it's Google Analytics, or maybe it's even an export of like all this complex data from like a Shopify store. It's just overwhelming, right? Like, oh, how do I do this? And from our business standpoint, we've done a lot of like research into this. And what we found is that something like 70% of marketers struggle to understand the data and apply it to their campaigns. And for one very simple reason, they're not analysts, they're marketers. And so, you know, this marketing team of like three to five people, there's someone who knows how to buy ads. There's someone who is running email campaigns. There's someone else who's like maybe working on creative and promotional materials. Notably missing is a data list. And so if you leave or if brands in general leave the data analysis to somebody who knows how to do it, well, chances are there's no one that knows how to do it. So you either have to be a weirdo like myself and just love the data and like figure out how to do it. Most brands need a little bit of help. And so you know, I think that analytics can be really scary. And, you know, what we've also found just through our experience is that most people start to care about data analytics when things are going sideways or when things are going bad, right? As an early stage company, as a small and medium business, you're like, cool, I just learned how to use Google and Facebook. And you just learned two brand new platforms. You set up your campaigns, you wrote your creative, like that's already a ton of work. And so if you can just put a dollar into Facebook and $3 come out the other side, most brands don't ask too many questions. They're like, it works. It keeps going. Well, if I add 50% more budget, does it keep going up? And so typically brands wait until something breaks. Uh-oh, I put a dollar in and only 90 cents came out. No longer $3. Now it's time to do some analysis. Now it's time to like figure out what went wrong. And so um, it's, it's really kind of funny to, to see these brands who are like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then we'll get a call back in a couple of weeks like, hey, so it's not fine. So I definitely think that there's like that element of uh, it's scary, it's a lot, and it requires specialized knowledge. Yeah, I, I was looking up, you know, before we met here, what are some of the problems people had with marketing analytics? And one of the one one of the big ones I kept seeing was data overload, just like you mentioned. It, I, and when you just see red, basically, I just see data everywhere. Well, okay, I, I don't really quite know how to interpret it. I don't, I'm not seeing solutions. I'm not seeing dollar signs everywhere. I'm seeing just a lot of information and data out there. It feels overwhelming. And, and then that sort of leads you to like, well, okay, so there's a lot of information, just like you've mentioned. Maybe like I pick my corner of it that I'm going to focus on and then just ignore everything else until it becomes a problem, <laughs> which is taking bite-sized chunks out of it, sort of how people do learn and figure things out. But just like you said, like, uh-oh, now I've got problems. Well, that sort of led me to like realize one of the second biggest things people had was like, well, I don't really trust the data. And where I don't trust it, I don't use it. I don't want to see it. And I start to use my intuition, like my, my gut. <laughs> and or I just ask, hey, you know, look at what my competitors are doing and assume they're doing it the perfect right way. So how how does marketing analytics help a business overcome trust issues with data? Yeah, we hear from marketers all the time that trust in the data is the number one problem. So if you don't believe the numbers that Facebook is giving you, you don't think that those are accurate, are you going to keep spending your money there? 
maybe because you're getting some results, but you're going to be really hesitant to increase your spend. Or, you know, let's suppose that there's some reporting from your email marketing platform. And you're like, mm, this, this kind of seems fishy to me. Well, you might make a pretty big adjustment and like say, oh, I'm going to turn off email for And so not trusting the data leads people to, to your point, use their gut and to guess. And sometimes you can guess correctly. And those people are very lucky. The first challenge is like, how do I as a marketer start to believe my data more? And so I think my, my advice, my first piece of advice is no data set is perfect. Even Google Analytics, which is oftentimes heralded as the standard in web analytics, like that's sample data. It's incomplete data. It is a very good picture of what's happening, but it's not perfect. And so no data from any platform is going to be perfect. So you just have to understand that like there's going to be a small variance in there. And then beyond that, you just have to start to pay attention to the data. I think this is like one of the things that feels very like low effort to do, but requires a lot of consistency. So how can I sniff bullshit in my data if this is the first time I've looked at my data in six months? There's no way, right? If I had been spending $1,000 a week on Facebook and I had been consistently getting 100 sales and all of a sudden... I go from 100 sales to 40 sales in a three-week period. I can believe that like something happened in Facebook. I might not know what. I might not like have the specific answers, but I've been paying enough attention to my data to know when something changed. And so, you know, analytics in general is a journey. It's not a silver bullet. You're not going to be like, hey, I did data analytics this month and now my marketing is like perfect. And now like everything is delivering a five to one ROAS. Analytics is about saying, here's a snapshot in time. We see what's working. We see what's not working. And or maybe we, we see some stuff, but we don't know if it's working. OK, well, let's make a change and let's see how that change like impacts my results. And so you come back and you look at that data two or four weeks later. And so analytics is this really this process of looking at the data, making a change, monitoring how the trend is changing over time, and being close enough to the data to understand or, or recognize when something has gone significantly right or significantly wrong. Wow. Yeah, in our business and in my, you know, internal language here of how I describe it to my colleagues, I tell them, this is the feedback loop. This is, I'm going to do something and then I'm going to see that impact of that change after. And marketing is so dependent, like the, the activity parts of it are so dependent on getting good quality feedback so that we can say, hey, this is working or this is not. Maybe this is something we could change and have optimization apply to, or maybe it's not. And it's like a budget, let's move our resources somewhere else. So the, other, the question that this leads me to, which is like, a, I think really fitting here, is if you're a smaller business and you look at this like, well, you know, I, I did some college, I maybe graduated, I, I have a business, I'm wearing my business hat most of the time. Other times I'm putting on my hiring hat and I have a, a hat rack with a lot of hats on it. And, and you know what I mean? So I think it, I've heard 
that it's like, well, man, putting on the marketing hat and the analytics hat, it's heavy. So how does a business who doesn't have like dedicated people, is there a way that they can make it easier or is there like what things make can make it easier so that someone who's got a lot of hats doing a lot could still, just as you described, still have a feel of what's going on there. So they would be clued in, okay, this is what's working or not working. And they could still effectively do the marketing analytics without a whole marketing team, without a whole marketing analytics position or role or department there and still be effective at doing marketing using some bits of marketing analytics. Yeah. So there's three options that the small business would have. One is the owner where it picks up another hat, puts on that hat and says, I'm going to learn it. As a business owner myself, I can say that that is usually not the solution. The second option is to either hire for that role or to you know carve out the time with one of your existing marketing staff and get them trained up on it. So you have that internal resource. And then the third option is to outsource it. And I know that a lot of business owners are very hesitant to outsource analytics or something that is like so sensitive to the business. But analytics is a very special set of knowledge. It's a very special skill set. And paying someone a thousand to three thousand dollars a month to do some analysis, provide a clear, concise report, let's call it two thousand dollars a month. That $2,000 and the hour spent by that specialty person is going to deliver way more value and way more like specific knowledge around your business than the owner learning it themselves or training somebody else. It's like, could I spend, you know, a quarter and a few thousand dollars for my internal person to like take an online course to do some stuff? Yeah. But they're going to be operating, let's call it at a 201 level. But a, an analyst, a specialty person that you pay a couple thousand dollars a month, they're going to be operating at a 401 level. And just the quality of work that you're going to get is going to be a lot different. Every business needs to evaluate what makes the most sense. I think an apt analogy is like, could a business owner build their own website? Probably. There are tools like Wix. But like if you hire a web designer, the things that they're going to build and the creativity that they're going to bring to that project is just far and away more than, than you could do yourself. So it's the same type of thing with analytics. And so it's worth considering for businesses to outsource. I think that's a really apt analogy there. A, a lot of times a business is serving a function where, yeah, the their customer could maybe do it themselves. So it's, it should be something that you could digest and be like, yeah, we do the same thing with our customers. They could probably try to do it themselves. They could go to school for years and figure it out or become a doctor and try to figure out their own diagnosis or become an attorney and then try to defend themselves. But there's a reason why those things are specialized, right? So in terms of marketing analytics, <clears throat> like what it what it's doing, what's going on there, like the the nuts and bolts of it, the data, the information itself, right? So how is marketing analytics and the information that it provides a business, how is it adding value to a business? It's a really great question. There, there are a number of different ways to quantify value. And so oftentimes there's just value in understanding what's happening, right? And if you are spending money on three or four different ad channels, you might be profitable, you might be growing your business, but the value and understanding 
for example, which of those channels are your growth driver and which of those channels is just capturing the demand in the marketplace, that's hugely valuable because you can like adjust your marketing strategies in ways that you can't without that knowledge. So like sometimes just like having that information and that insight allows you to start thinking different. There's, so I would call that like informational or strategic value. Then we spend a lot of time in our business talking about the practical value. And so we, we like to say that analytics without action is just research. And like, you're not going to commission tens of thousands of dollars and use a research and then like say thank you and put it off to the side like you want to do something about it. So we really push the practical value, the practical application of this data. If I learn something about an ad channel or a marketing tactic that is or isn't working, I want to then adjust my ad spend or maybe it's my creative strategy or maybe it's how much I'm spending in that channel. We always try and push customers to like, look at, here's the data that I have. How can I draw a line between this and a result or an action that I want to take? You want to be able to know at a high level this is what's working. This is the role of this channel. But then more tangibly, next month, I'm going to do these three things differently because this is what worked better last month. And so you, know, you called it this feedback loop. That's exactly what it is. It's the, okay, I understand strategically what's happening. Now I need to apply that practically to my ads. And so you know, it's this iterative process, right? You might learn something this month that you do something different and improves your results by, let's call it 3%. Okay, well, the next month, you're going to do something else that's going to improve your results by 5%. Wow, you had a really big month. You improved results by 5%. The next month is 2%. Well, your result isn't just that 2 or 3%. It's the 3% in month one for every month thereafter. It's the 5% every month thereafter. And it's the 2% every month thereafter. And so this is you know, literally the exponential gains. If you are able to just improve a small amount every month, the results that can have on a business over the course of 12 months is really astounding. I think people oftentimes underestimate what consistency can do. So I tell brands all the time, you'd be better served making a 1% improvement 12 months out of the year than a 3% improvement once every quarter. And the ability of this these results to compound and the learnings that you get are going to be so much more valuable in call it near real time, right? Looking at data from like last month. So I could do something differently next month versus like, Hey, it's now summertime. Let me look at my spring results. Don't get me wrong. There's value there, but having this more real time view of what's happening and how your marketing is working is always. The other aspect of that too, is marketing spend is coming out of the cash and capital and it's coming out of a place in the business. I mentioned this before, like it's coming out of a place in the business. The business could literally do anything it wanted with it. It could, it could be doing something else with it. And so marketing analytics is based, is proving to the business. Okay. The marketing dollars are helping. Here's how they're helping. But in addition, like you've mentioned, it highlights learnings and improvements that the company could do to make it even more effective. And the marginal, you know, 1% gain over time, is, it compounds. It can be such a big deal for a business. With our tools, we like to say, well, 
what if you just got one more customer added to your roles every month, one new client every month? What would that, well, how would that change your business? And if it's just one, right, that's like the smallest marginal unit of, of growth there, just one more. What, what does that mean? And they're like, okay, well, it's this much value. And so we like say, okay, so let's wind back. Like how many, if you have one new customer, how many more leads do you need? How much more does your ad spend, would it need to increase? Well, it's maybe a thousand, couple thousand, maybe it's triple digits, it's big numbers. And so we say, okay, well, if you just increase the effectiveness of your marketing, we're not increasing ad spend a penny, but you're getting more out of what you're already doing. So I like to look at it like, Marketing analytics is not adding to your marketing spend. It's just like charging it, making it more effective, making it more efficient. And so in that way, it's a lot easier for some businesses to like swallow that, like that painful pill going down. Like, okay, because the other problem in marketing is there's a lag effect. Like you've mentioned with the real time, you spend money today. It might take a little while for that to wind up. How does marketing analytics help a business? plan and forecast and and try to make decisions today that are going to be in the future. Touched on a couple of like really good things there. And, and I just want to kind of add one of my favorite expressions from John Wanamaker's the quintessential, I'm wasting half of my money on advertising. I just don't know which half. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And it's like, well, like what if you could just to your point, improve that by a tiny bit? What does that do for your business? And what does that mean? And so, you know, that's, that's the approach that people should think about analytics. How do I look at everything that's happening and look at the least effective things and do less of those and reallocate that spend to the most effective things? A lot of people use year-over-year demo, and I think that's a really good place for brands to get started and just, what was I doing last year? If I had a thousand daily website visitors, am I plus or minus this year? You always have to kind of take that data with a grain of salt especially over the last two years. 2022 is nothing like 2021, which is nothing like 2020. We spent a lot of time encouraging clients to, yes, look year over year as a general benchmark, but look at your last four to eight weeks of data, maybe even up to your last quarter. But the things that were trending in a good direction over the last four to six weeks are probably going to keep going in that trend. If something has been declining, it's probably going to keep going over. And so using the data over the last four to six weeks is just a better way to do it. And we work with a number of customers where every month we meet with them and we do two things for them. We bring them insights about the data that's gathering in our platform, the analytics about their ad spend. And then we provide them with specific recommendations. We'll say, we saw some inefficiencies here, or we saw some opportunities there. And so the customer is then able to take those. And this typically happens like, let's call it the 22nd of the month. And we're looking at the last six weeks. And so they're saying, great, I'm going to plan my ad budget for the next month. Based on these learnings, these are the specific things I can do different. Short-term planning is probably the best use case for analytics. Certainly, you want to be able to look at your annual plan or your annual budget and the data that, that you have over the course of a year and forecast what you're going to spend or the channels. From a, a practical standpoint, going back to, you know, analytics needs action, looking at your last four to six weeks and, and saying, what can I do differently? Or if I were to copy paste my plan from this month, 
what tweaks would I make? Would I add a little bit more here? Would I subtract a little bit more here? Would I, you know, focus this campaign on building a higher frequency with users? And so from a planning standpoint, you know, that's, that's really where I think most brands should, should focus. Yeah. No, that's really good. And you mentioned something about data gathering that made me think of something, a business gets almost too many opportunities. Like marketing is an opportunity, selling is an opportunity. Maybe a business calls them and they, they take it, you know, 99% of the time it's spam. So they're like, oh, you know, but maybe 1% of those times there's like a valuable opportunity in there. And that's the reason why they may take those calls. It's, it's hard to sort through, I think for a business, all the possible opportunities and ways that that business could grow. They really have to simplify it down and that means, okay, well, how do I know, like there might be some clues, right? How am I going to figure out that this is a really good opportunity for my business? And how can I weed out the stuff that's just not relevant? It's not going to help me. It's not helping me get to the goal that I've set and really, you know, helping you focus. And so it leads me to thinking like, well, a lot of times a business is like, look, I'm just, my, my blinders are on my, I'm really focused on you know, my financial sheets right now. And I'm looking at my revenue, my expenses and my profit. And so it's like, well, if, and if I look over across the way, <laughs> way over there is all this marketing data. And so all that data feels disconnected from my financial information. So how does a business make it easier gathering all that marketing data and actually connecting it to the business's goals, aligning them with how a business wants to grow? Yeah, this is where the analysis paralysis or like, it can just feel really overwhelming, right? Like there's already so much to do. I'm a business owner. I have to focus on my P&L, my unit economics. I have this giant expense for marketing. Like where do I even get started? How on earth do I tie these two things together? And for every business owner out there listening to this, hire an expert. Like the... Look, this is this is literally the role of of outsourcing this to some. If you hire a marketing analytics, you know, expert, whether that's a platform that offers some tech, offers some consulting services, or this is just someone in your local city, town, state who's able to do this type of work for you, this is where that specialty knowledge comes in. They're going to know exactly where to look. They're going to know exactly how to tie these two things together. Marketing is oftentimes seen as an expense especially by a CFO or, or that type of a role. And so the best way to in the value of marketing is to dig down into what's working and what's not working. And so an unfortunate piece of news that a lot of people aren't going to want to hear is that trusting the data that comes out of Facebook and comes out of Google and that you know, is, is aggregating in Google Analytics, that's a good first step, but it's, whole, it's, it's incomplete. It's not the whole story. And if that's all the information that you are using to try and inform your marketing analysis and like how to optimize, you're leaving a lot on the table. And so and this is really where like a level or layer of measurement technology can really make all the difference. Whether it is tracking your phone calls more accurately with like your service, whether it's like adding in a piece of technology that can help feed the data back into the ad platforms and can improve the data quality that they have, or whether it's a more full-on piece of, of marketing analytics tech 
that can deduplicate your ads and your channels and your results and give you this whole unified view. Um, you know, that this is really a place for marketing technology. So I'm sure that everyone is listening and saying, well, when do I need measurement technology? How do I know if this is the right time and the right place for me? There are a couple of criteria that, that we offer up to, to customers. Probably the easiest one for most is if you're spending in three or more ad channels, you should have a layer of marketing technology. So if you're spending in Facebook, in Google, and maybe you're doing some like display remarketing, you could consider a piece of measurement technology. Now, if you're doing those three things and you're only spending $20,000 a month, you probably don't need it. So that the next kind of like level to this is if you're spending about $100,000 a month. So about a million dollars a year, $1.2 million a year. That's generally the level where you're spending a good amount on, on PPC and cost per click. You have some budget in Facebook and you're really starting to wonder like, wow, a million dollars a year. Like what, what else could I be doing with this money? Like, and so that's really where getting a 5% improvement in performance over the course of a year. Like if, if annually all you got on a piece of measurement technology was 5% gains, right? massive results for the business and like reallocating some of that less effective ad spend into other channels or ways of delivering that's more effective can have some really big results. So three ad channels, and then typically about $100,000 a month in ad spend. If you're below that, you're probably still in that mode of a dollar into the machine spits $3 out. And so uh, if that's working for you, then hey, you don't need it quite yet. But as you start growing, like that, that'll really make a lot of sense. Well, I have a second qualifier here. We will get a handful of brands that are really only spending in like Facebook and Google, but they're spending like three to $5 million a year. That's also a moment where you would say, hey, like measurement technology could really help me out because again, if you could only improve a couple of percentage points on three to $5 million of ad spend, that's huge downstream results in terms of new leads, new customers, top line revenue. There's different needs and you know, every business is going to be a little bit different. But those are generally when when you get the most value. I always picture like a like a, the cartoon of a prison yard breakout, and if your fence has like a hole in it, and well, everyone's going to escape. Like in marketing analytics, if you're tracking with a laser how everything is coming in and how your marketing channels are interacting, engaging with your leads, turning them into prospects, and then you hand it over. And then suddenly there's absolutely no data. Well, that's the hole in the prison yard and everyone busts out through there. So your marking analytics data is limited. The way I always look at it is it's always limited by the business's inability to track whatever really critical, important thing isn't being tracked. I always like the first pass assessment. What are the biggest, most, the biggest success points that are happening in the business? And it's usually, well, there's the sale, there's the lead, right? Just to start there. In between those points, there's probably quite a bit. Before that, there's a lot. So is the business tracking those points where it, it's very clear, it's very accurate that those are happening. The tracking or the measurement is very accurate when someone buys, hopefully. <laughs> you know, so yeah, so those are those are really critical points. And if you're not measuring those accurately, it makes you know all the effort you put somewhere else in the marketing analytics it it's not helping it i would say it's still that may be valuable to improving how the marketing is doing within a channel or within a campaign but when that marketing is still always trying to drive business results if the business isn't able to 
connect the dots or put tracking in place for those points, there's usually a fall through. Like our our technologies with the phone, that's that's just one piece of a very large, generally customer journey of you know how a business interacts and has conversations and brings in customers and clients. So how how does a business though assess right? where its gaps are using marketing analytics? Where is like the hole in the fence in the prison that, you know, all the, everyone's escaping through? Yeah. Uh, so I typically start by asking, what are all the ways that a customer can send a signal to your company that they want to give you their money? And so that could be a lead that you're going to follow up with. It could be a phone call. It could be that they walk into your brick and mortar location. It could be that they are initiating a checkout online. And so the first step is to make sure that you have a way of accurately tracking all of the different signals. We recently started working with an automotive brand. They're a smaller regional brand. They have 10 locations and they use a call tracking service. They have some forms online and a big gap for them is they do these shows and they like take their vehicles and they have people show up and they, they spend a lot of money driving people to these vets. They're typically like short-term. Part of the reason why we started working is to fill in that gap. They didn't have a way of looking at people who were arriving to those locations, understanding if they were influenced by advertising. And then ultimately being able to connect that to a vehicle sale. And so if you think about all the different signals that a user could give you that they want to give you their money, start by, you know, measuring all of those. And chances are, if you are anything besides e-commerce, you're going to have at least two or three different. Uh, there are free tools that can certainly help with some of this stuff as your business starts to scale up and as you start spending say upwards of a half million dollars in advertising, that's really where like specialty data, specialty providers, measurement technology can can really start to deliver strong. Yeah. No, I that's a huge example because just as an example from something that happened to our client, our client was spending a huge amount of money in, in ads, ad spend. And they were they were really being very efficient on that end. They were really optimizing it. What we found was they only had one number, one line for people to call in on. And <laughs> we found that about 70% of the calls they got just went into the abyss. And so <laughs> it was painful for them to hear this because it was like, man, we're doing so much marketing work on the front end and people are busting their time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears is being poured into the front end marketing optimization of this. We're passing everything over, but at one point there's this critical phone call that has to be made. And because there was nothing to tell them that they weren't coming in, they just assumed, you know, there's this huge drop off right there. And so the marketing was working with that. They were trying to optimize for that. It turned out that if someone called between 11 and 12, when the person was on lunch, there, there was no people weren't getting through. It also turned out that if marketing sent a bunch of stuff all at once, <laughs> The busy line came and then people weren't calling back after trying two or three times. So it didn't have anything to do with marketing and marketing didn't really want to look farther down the funnel into the operational, you know, how is this going? But when we came in and showed them just a few things, they're immediately like marketing is going to be involved in seeing sort of the life cycle now, right? Like the whole funnel. And for this client, it was like day two 
they're, they didn't have hardly any, if any, dropped missed calls. So like they were almost tripling, doubling their leads to calls. So it, and it was just a like moment, like, wow, this was happening. And so that was a quick win type of scenario where we feel like we're, you know, saviors of the day, <laughs> something I could like talk about. But, but generally speaking, marketing analytics can come in the form of like, Hey, here's something that may be a little off. You know, it might be harder to decipher, harder to figure out. And so that expert, I think, does come come into play. But at the end of the day, like whoever's making the decision needs to have that information. So with all the charts, with all the data, with all the forms, all the marketing analytics takes, what is what are some really good ways that marketing analytics can be communicated to the business in a way that leads to you know, decisions being made that leads to it being acted upon, that's going to lead to it being able to be improved to get the one to 5% types of goals that a business wants to use analytics for. So how does it, how does that, how's communication become more effective? Whenever a brand is picking up an analytics program for the first time, whether that's with the pizza technology or whether that's higher or effort, that there's usually a lot of panic and there's usually a lot of fear. And people had been looking at a cost per click and suddenly saying, well, we're not going to measure by cost per click. We're going to measure on a cost per lead. Or we've been measuring on a cost per lead, but actually we have this new piece of technology that's going to connect leads to paying customers. And we're going to evaluate on the cost of the customer. You know, that just, that disrupts workflows. There's new charts, new tables. And so it tends to be a pretty big effort to like get the department on board executive leadership or owners championing this and, and showing enthusiasm. Look, most people don't care about analytics. Most people don't like data, but it's mission critical for the leadership, whether that's a director or the owner or the founder, to show how important this is and to help make this an organizational priority. That's a really big part of the, like I'll call it getting started phase. Part of this getting started phase is also laying out what are the things that we are going to measure and what are the things that we're going to care about. So this is the cost per click to a lead or instead of measuring the lead or we're going to measure a lead, but we're really going to evaluate everything on cost of customer. Or maybe we're going to move away from like average order value and we're going to focus on profit, right? There's like all kinds of different ways to level up. And so developing an upfront measurement plan is probably the best way to lay the table for it. I know this is probably not what other people want to hear again, but like this is where an expert comes in, right? If you're the owner and you're trying to pick up the, the analytics hat, you can, based off of some suggestions and some articles and listicles, like come up with a couple of ideas, but an analyst is going to come in and, and be able to do some of this work uh, at a better level. So lay the foundation. I think once you begin a program and you have a measurement plan in place, um, the next thing that I like to do is start with the objective facts, right? People are going to be a little bit nervous. Work is going to be changing. The things that you know the marketer was graded on and they were like doing a good job are going to be changing and things might not look so good. So like let's let's lay the facts, the objective facts on the table. And it's important that everybody whether that's the owner or the marketer or anybody else involved, is able to remove some of their emotion from this. And so I really like to start with customer journeys. 
And I always ask the question, how do you know how to deliver your ads effectively if you don't know how long it takes to sell your product? Well, like if I have a two-week sales cycle, that's a very different way of delivering ads than if I have a 30-day sales cycle or a 60-day sales cycle. The needs of the business and the needs of the ads are fundamentally different in each of those scenarios. And so that's typically where I, I like to get started. Here's how customers are currently coming into the website. It takes uh, 15 ads on average over the course of nine days. Oh, wow. Okay. People, when they're here, they visit these number of pages. And then here's the percentage of people that convert on the first visit. And then here's how many people leave. Okay. Well, when the people leave, how long does it take them to come back? How many ads does it take to get them to come back? And suddenly you begin to form this picture of like, oh, well, there's two parts. I need to get people interested, bring them in. I'm going to convert a small percentage of those on my first visit. But then for everybody else, I now know how many more days it's going to take. So you might get that first visit in nine days. People might come back in two days, right? You have an 11-day sales cycle on average, or it might take them an additional nine days and you have an 18-day sales cycle. But it's going to be really difficult to deliver your ad campaigns effectively if you don't have that fundamental understanding of that buying cycle. And my experience with Google Analytics and, and similar tools is that that data is just not. So um, again, this is where I would, I would champion for a piece of technology to come in and give some of these insights. As you're beginning to lay the foundation and show some of these like empirical facts of like, this is how customers are currently interacting with things, then you can begin to say, great, how can we optimize for this? And I use the expression, focus on what's right, not who's right. So, okay, well, maybe we find that 98% of people are leaving the website and they're doing that within 30 seconds. Okay, well, let's figure out how to optimize that landing page a little. Maybe we drag them to a different page and we make some content changes. Or we might find that we have a ton of people coming into the site and they come back multiple times, but it takes them a really long time to purchase. Maybe it takes them four or five site visits before they're ready to purchase. Okay, well, then like, how do we adjust the ad campaigns to account for this behavior? Well, I would infer from something like that that there's probably a lot of research going on. This person is considering your brand, considering your product, they're probably doing competitive research, probably have a tab open of your top five competitors. And they're trying to understand why they should buy from you. Great. Well, all of a sudden with that, you can begin to say, wow, well, what if we did some more educational content? What if we did a competitive comparison? What if we did an FAQ that just told people why we're the most awesome product on the market? And so um, it was certainly like the, the paid side of things and understanding what, how many ads over what time period, what's most effective and what's not. But there's so much more around this that begins to affect other parts of the business. So, you know, to kind of bring this back to what you had asked earlier about, like, you have your P&L and you're looking at your profits and all those, those metrics and marketing analytics feel separate. This is a great way to bridge that together. And so the marketing analytics isn't just about what the paid advertising is doing. It's about how users are engaging with the website, how paid advertising is influencing that. And the rest of the experience that goes into somebody being ready to purchase your product. Yeah. 
Well, I've, I've got a great example for this, which was like, I had a room with sales support, marketing leaders. I had financial, I had the whole leadership in there and we had presented quite a lot of data. And I was like feeling, mm, I don't know if they're translating this data into, you know, the business results that they're all accountable for. And I don't think it's really hitting where like as hard as I want it to. So I just summarized it into like a one liner. I was like, look, every time we get 11 visits to this page, we probably are going to bring in a new lead. And so I was like, so I asked them, okay, if, and, and this is just very generalized saying this, but okay, if we need 11 visits to the site, how can all these, how can everyone here help us get 11, like one per, how can we bring in someone back or bring someone to the site 11 times? And the sales team was like, well, we could call them and we can send them an email and support's like, yeah, we could probably do that with the current clients. And marketing was like, well, we're going to do this, this, and this. We tallied it up and it was like nine. So we were like, well, how can we get two more? <laughs> and then everyone was working together. So I think sometimes like, like you mentioned, like you, you've identified the problem, almost like present, here's the problem. Here's the question we're trying to solve. Working analytics is so good at taking those questions and being able to give you so much insight. And then once you have that, you can again, frame it around, okay, well, how can we work together to solve this problem? It might be a marketing only world where marketing analytics is serving marketing and that's where the data is ending up. But if it's also allowed to help the rest of the organization, there's some learnings there. Sometimes it's like, hey, this page is seeing a lot of traffic and sales is like, wow, really? You know, that's interesting. I've been telling everyone about that page. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe that's where it's coming from. And everyone gets that. You sh it's like a shared knowledge becomes so valuable. Was there anything else about this topic, Scott, you wanted to mention that we haven't talked about yet or anything you wanted to reemphasize that was really important to you? Yeah, so I think to, to wrap things up, I, I want to offer what I'm going to call like some some really core things that the marketers, the business owners can do that can help set you on on the right track. Probably the first thing is to evaluate, do you need measurement technology? Are you at a place where you can benefit from it? We talked about the criteria being roughly three ad channels and $100,000 in spend a month, or two ad channels if you're doing north of two or $3 million. Who's going to own that internally? And deciding what level of priority is this? How are we going to integrate this into our workflows and getting really the, the support and the vocal support of leadership to the rest of the organization? And then the last practical step is develop a plan, develop a measurement plan. And so if you are lacking the expertise and the knowledge yourself to do that, if your marketing team doesn't feel very confident in being able to do that, this is a service that Mint Measure does. We do that for no cost, no obligation. Feel free to send us a request on our website. We'll develop this plan for you. And if you're not in a place where you can benefit from our technology, that's totally fine. We'll develop a marketing plan or a measurement plan for you anyways and set you on your way. And so you know, these are really the core things that I would suggest that every business really do. And then your marketing plan or your measurement plan is going to lay that foundation and stay close to your data. It's more important to review it once a month, really spend a couple of hours doing that than it is to deep dive on it once. If you can 
do those things and and have a plan of action, stay close to the data. When you make those adjustments and something goes terribly well or terribly wrong, you'll you'll be able to understand where that came from to get better and smarter over time. That's great. And those are some really cool, almost like quick steps you could take in the immediate future to assess, okay, where where where's my business at? And how maybe what are some ideas for buttoning up my tracking and measurement? So Scott, if anyone wants to reach out to you, connect with you, find more about and measure or just anything else that you're about, how can they find you? Yeah, you can find us at mintmeasure.com. If you search Google for mint measure, we're the top result. <laughs> okay, that's great. Thank you again, Scott, for coming on and talking about helping businesses to to help them understand, get more confident, and ultimately to improve their marketing with some marketing analytics, making marketing analytics easier. So I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing everything you've got and telling us about avenues your company has for helping businesses and just sharing all this wisdom. So appreciate your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, happy to do this. And thanks everybody for listening to the Close of the Podcast. <laughs>